pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show and my name is Steve Curran. Hello, I'm Simon Byron. I went for an abbreviated intro this week, Simon. Yeah, you caught me off guard. You caught me off guard. (laughs) Have we stopped being the world's longest video game radio show then? I just, I I thought I'd give people a break from mentioning that, but we still are, as far as I'm aware, unless someone's travelled back in time and started one before us. Doubt that very much. Um, I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I think I'm okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I do some prep work uh, before the show. Mm-hmm. Very, very brief. Uh, the one thing I should do is try and re- try and remember what I did last week, um, because you know, I'm I'm just drawing a blank. I can tell you, you know, so we're recording this over a video call. Um, mm-hmm. The one addition to the shed is a massive Sports Direct mug. <laughs> That's embarrassing, isn't it? I'm now drinking tea out of that from the shed at the bottom of my garden. I, you know, you get these stories um, sometimes of um, like somebody who would be sat watching a game of baseball and they'd be sat in front of a doctor who would notice something on their skin and go, mm. oh, uh, you should get that checked out. And they go, oh, right. Um you know, and it turns out that they've they've uh, they've discovered a serious medical complaint. I wonder if there's anybody listening to the show that could recognise men falling deeper and deeper <laughs> into, into depression. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I read one of those stories this week. Uh, right. Who was it? Someone was on the, Sebastian Coe. Oh, was he? Oh, that's right. Sebastian Coe. Yes, Coe. yeah. Um, this radio, morning, wasn't he? That's right. This morning when I was getting dressed. Um, I uh, I got out of bed and I selected it as I, I selected as I always do some pants and socks. Mm-hmm. This morning I couldn't find matching socks. I didn't care. <laughs> I just put them on. <laughs> well, you know, like if uh, we have a you know a lot of listeners to One Life Left, as you would expect from the world's longest running radio show. Uh, listeners from all walks of life and if you are a medical professional out there and you sense something's wrong with either one of us don't be shy <laughs> just, just reach out what's the email address simon team at onelifeleft.com <laughs> maybe we should set up a special one <laughs> cry for help at onelifeleft.com i wonder if you went back and listened to our enthusiasm all those years ago you know way before lockdowns and pandemics and aging and children Back when mm. we had time to play video games, well, well, you, was, you can chart our descent. <laughs> there's, there's, you know, we are privileged to be uh, privileged. Are we privileged to be this, or are we um, cursed? Have we made ba- have we made bad decisions? There's an awful lot of recorded media out there with us on it, mm. right? And so, if you wanted to deep fake one of <laughs> us or both of us mm. doing whatever you want us to do then you'd have a lot of opportunity to take uh, all kinds of recorded footage but your problem would come what era do you take 
Right. What is the definitive, you know, voice of uh, Steve, voice of Simon? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, well. I, I'm, I'm guessing that you'll find out because I suspect that I will go first. <laughs> I think I think we get better and better. So I assume the definitive one life left is this week's, and we'll okay. find out. <laughs> Very good. Across the next uh, forty-five minutes or so. Um, How was your yeah, week, so Steve? Are you, are you are you wearing matching socks right now? Um, yeah, I absolutely am. Yeah, uh, the reason standards I'm matching socks standards remain high in the current house. The reason I'm well, no, it's it's literally because uh, in these very very long weekend days, I've worked out the most important thing to do with a um, nearly two year old is to fill in as much time as you can uh, with mundane tasks that ordinarily you would skip over, breeze over, and so um, I, you know, in those moments say, uh, so Alice, it's time to pick Daddy's socks. Right. Take a slow walk through to the sock drawer. <laughs> no, can't have those, can't have those. And that's about three and a half minutes. Three and a half minutes closer to bedtime. Well, yeah, and you, and you, are, you, are you ticking off the seconds as it happens? Yeah, this is about 10.30 in the morning. <laughs> and like, I'm thinking we've got about another eight hours. Uh, about, do you hide like, the hours, socks? Is that right, 10 Just hours? To hide the socks to get a little more time out of it? Could do that, and, and I've actually, um, I can. I don't know if we can hear on the audio, but have you been able to hear her I have softly just, crying in the just background? Just a little bit, yeah. Is, is, is that because you've set her some impossible task? <laughs> Pick out daddy's outfits for the next three months and don't come back in here until you have. I know she's, uh, she's, it's, it's bedtime for her. So that might be some of the ambiance you hear uh, in the background if you are a new listener to One Life Left. Or an old listener that might be new to you. As I've mentioned before, we are uh, in lockdown right now, so we're not recording live from the Resonance 104.4 FM studio. I am not lucky enough to have a shed yet. Uh, Simon does. I'm recording from my front room in South London, so you may hear the sound of traffic in the background, or you may hear the sound of a vexed toddler. I think it all adds to it, Steve. (laughs) I hope so. I hope so by now. Um... Right, I guess it's time to get on. We will begin as we have begun for the last number of years uh, with the news. this week i did note one story um and i've forgotten it so i'm about to head on to vg247 or similar to find that story uh you must begin yeah i was gonna say don't worry steve i've got it i'll cover for you i don't think anybody will okay, realize thank you, all right thank you thank you thank you uh on eurogamer uh the 27th of february which is yesterday as we're recording uh, or two days ago as we broadcast and i don't know a lifetime ago uh on the podcast uh, Wesley Yin Paul writes, The Sinking City dev tells people not to buy its own game from Steam. Under normal circumstances, developers desperately want people to buy their games from Steam. But when it comes to The Sinking City, these are very much not normal circumstances. The HP Lovecraft-inspired horror adventure returned to Steam yesterday, and it didn't take long for the developer to warn potential customers not to buy the game. In a tweet, Ukrainian developer Frogwares said it had not created a version of The Sinking City made available to buy on Steam this week. We do not recommend the purchase of this version, it said. This version was originally published by... Nacon? Uh, is it Nacon or Nasson? Uh, the company Frogwares has endured a long-running dispute with over control of the game. Back in August 2020, Frogwares pulled the Sinking City from sale a year after it filed a lawsuit against Nasson. Nacon, the French video game company formed from the consolidation of the Big Bang Group ahead of an IPO. Uh, they alleged that uh, Nacon tried to claim copyright of the Sinking City after its release, withheld milestone payments and owed the developer around one million in unpaid royalties. We did our best to deal with this quietly and amicably, but to no avail, Frogwares boss uh, Vile Ammer said at the time. There we go, Steve. Um, How do you feel about this then? Uh, Dirty laundry being aired in public once again. So if I am understanding correctly, a dev has made a game for a publisher. Yep. 
and uh, they've fallen out. Yeah. The publisher still has the uh, code base and has sort of finished it off, shipped it. The dev has gone, don't buy it. Is that right? Yeah, well, um, yes, but this is after some... Um, some uh, the game being pulled from Steam because of an mm. argument about it previously. So yeah, it's um, right. Okay, uh, it's never been quite clear whether we should be buying the Sinking City or not. By all accounts, it is pretty good. Um, but uh, yeah, this um, this the, this public spat I think highlights um, when the friction between the developer and a publish- publisher can go very publicly wrong. That must hurt as the developer because I know, and I'm sure you do, as a uh, you know a developer of published video games, um, that when you've finished something, uh, like after the long slog of of game makering Bangman, the last thing you want to do is to ever see that game again. But what you want is other people to see it. Like, you just want a little bit of validation of another human seeing the work and appreciating the effort you've put into that thing. And so typically, you um, you ship that thing and you tell all your mates and you say, hey, I've done this, download it, say nice things. And then hopefully they do. And then you can move on with your life and remember to never make a video game again. Uh, but in this case, they don't get that. They don't get that full stop. Quite the opposite. They have to tell people... Yeah, don't. Are they planning to put out their own version? Is that the? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, you know, uh, a lot of people on Steam are highlighting the fact that this is an older version of the game, featuring no achievements, no DLC, no cloud saves. Mm-hmm. Um, intelligence uh, is the Steam user's name. Uh, Twelve thousand two hundred products in his account. Uh, so he should know his stuff. <laughs> uh, says um, it only. He says I only recommend buying this if you're a collector of removed games. So is a, a removed games a thing on Steam? Don't Does know. this happen regularly? Yeah, don't know. I can't recall this happening before. Um, but there we go. Uh, not recommended. Not recommended. Not recommended. Not recommended. Not recommended. I think that is officially a seven out of ten. Um, I have a news story here. Uh, the top story on VG247, which was new to me. Uh, Cancelled Google Stadia projects reportedly reportedly include episodic Kojima Productions horror game. Um, reports detailing the situation behind Google Stadia's cancelled project shed a little light on a reported Kojima Productions episodic horror games, writes uh, Dom Pepiat for VG247. Um, VGC reports revealed that Google's talking to Hideo Kojima about making an episodic horror game. Now, there is a significant drop-off in the solidity of this, I think, between the opening paragraph and the headline and that next follow-up paragraph, which is like, yeah, they were chatting to him about doing it. Which doesn't necessarily... uh, say there was much there to go on the game may be what Kojima was referring to in summer 2020 when he vented his chagrin after a game he'd been working on was killed the outspoken designer and director told a Japanese publication a major project had been cancelled I'm pretty are we allowed to say the P word? No we're not Okay. I'm pretty annoyed Yeah. (laughs) said but that's the games industry for you Um, would you have played this? Yeah, I, I would have done, and I imagine that I wouldn't have liked it. <laughs> That's the pattern, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess we will hear more about the the damage that's been done by uh, Google shutting down their internal dev studios um, over the next month or so, and I guess also we'll hear slightly more heartrending stories than this. Because uh, Kojima is not stuck for opportunities or for people willing to sink a lot of money into his. Um, how would you describe his games? Auto um, pieces. Previously good. Um, but <laughs> increasingly odd. Um, increasingly odd. Yeah, I, yeah. I. Um, it must be strange for Hideo Kojima at the moment, isn't it? Because he's had his projects cancelled, and yet coming up behind him, I think last week. Or the week before, Konami said that they were willing to license out its intellectual property and they okay. own Metal Gear, apparently. Mm. So um, what we may find is Kojima not making any new games because they've been cancelled, but then other people making Metal Gear games because 
the IP still lives. Uh, as per the VGC report, other games that Google have, has abandoned for Stadia include a project from Yu Suzuki uh, and a sequel to Journey to the Savage Planet as well, which we talked about on the show a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, so it's, it's it's sad news for everybody involved in this. We covered this a couple of weeks ago as well. Uh, good luck to everyone, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah. Talking of streaming, uh, from Eurogamer uh, today, uh, Vicky Blake writes, Microsoft is reportedly testing 1080p for Xbox Game Pass cloud streaming. According to Windows Central, anonymous but trusted sources sent hell, sh- <laughs> hell shots, screenshots of Hellblade running via xCloud, alleging that the streaming resolution was 1920 times 1080 up until now, the hardware had previously only been able to run in 720p, but it seems Microsoft is now planning to refresh the streaming servers from the Xbox One architecture to that of the Xbox Series X. If successful, it will bring xCloud in line with other streaming services such as GeForce Now and Google Stadia, which already offer 1080p. So this is interesting, isn't it? Because it all points towards a move uh, from Microsoft to enabling streaming via browsers. That's the... Um, mm. That's the big uh, rumor at the moment. So at the moment, you know, right now you can stream um, not the entire Xbox Game Pass library, but most of it, I think, um, from the cloud to your Android device. Um, Some of them you need uh, um, external controllers for, but they are actually implementing touch controls in selected games as well as they're sort of going through them. And, you know, whilst that might not be the the best way to play games i think as we've discussed you know it, it's uh it can enable you to to continue playing certain games uh when you might be busy trying to distract your child with socks <laughs> um but it'll be interesting now then if they're if they are opening it up to browsers um and then um yeah perhaps they'll extend what xcloud does to enable you to stream more than just Game Pass content. And, you know, who knows whether you'll be able to stream your own Xbox games to browsers. Does this mean um, the death of the Xbox as a hardware platform, Simon? Phil Spencer's been um, public in saying that uh, he sees a future for consoles. And, um, you know, I would agree with that. I think there will always be a certain um, type of gamer who will want to be assured that they are getting the very best in that um, hardware can offer and um, you know street whilst streaming to a browser uh, may be convenient it's not in 4k for example for those that care mm-hmm. about that um, you are relying on a stable internet connection and um, you know if you are running it in 4k it's very obvious very quickly when uh, there's congestion down the line so yeah i think and 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 also there's that issue of ownership right um you know it's 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 unclear now what the future holds for google stadia people talk about it sort of pivoting business model to be a bespoke offering for certain publishers or what have you but but for those that bought have bought titles on uh stadia um you know will they be able to continue to access them forever Probably not. Mm. So um, there will always be people that that like the idea of of having something physical on a disc, on a cartridge or what have you. So, yeah, you know, I think um, you'll start to see streaming technology integrated with a wider range of devices. I mean, uh, Steam and um, Stadia, I think, uh, come as um, installed apps on some smart TVs already, and you can only mm-hmm. see that getting more ubiquitous. But whether that's going to mean that we won't have any consoles underneath our TV, I mean, I, I think that we still will for the for the short term, anyway. I wonder future. if there's a I wonder if there's a parallel here with music um, because there was a time when uh, you know you and I can remember uh, when all of our uh, music was physical, and uh, we had every every song that we wanted to hear on some uh, physical device, right? So we so underneath uh, my bed is a box of CDs, which I lug from you know place to place whenever I move, and I'm never going to listen to ever again because I've got everything on streaming media service 
and that is simple for me. And that's the, you know, that is mostly how I choose to listen to music these days. But there are still people, actually, vinyl's undergone a resurgence, hasn't it? More records sold in 2020, I think, than, um, you know, any time for 30 years or something. So there's dedicated music fans are actually buying, still buying physical. The majority of people are using an easier to access platform because that fidelity isn't super, super important to them. And I wonder if that's the sort of world we're moving towards. As gaming grows as a medium and it grows every year, that sort of mainstream is becoming larger. And the mainstream probably don't super care whether they're getting 4K in in, in Call of Duty or not. Um, but some people will, and they'll keep on buying the platform that affords them an opportunity to get that. Yeah, I mean, but the the reason why why, why most people don't buy music anymore is that is that is that ninety percent of what they could ever want for is on Spotify, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. you know, actually, I'm spending more on music than I have done in years and years and years and years and years. I'm paying ten pound a month to to Spotify, basically mm. to stream Muse albums, which I already <laughs> own. Um, yeah. But people have some confidence that, that that most of what they're going to want to listen to and the new stuff that's coming in is available for that 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 one fee i think um if gaming was to become like that then it would need to be subscription based and i'm not certain it could sustain that model <laughs> certainly for everybody that's working in the games industry at the moment um so yeah i i i don't know um people I mean, I don't buy movies anymore. I do rent them digitally, mm. and then I'm, I supplement that with Netflix and Amazon Prime. Um, so, yeah, who knows? I was reading. I was listening. I listened to a podcast this week, Steve, because I don't commute anymore. I don't have that. I haven't had that time mm-hmm. uh, just to sort of sit and uh, you know stare out the window or, or wait for a train to start moving. I listened to um, Adam Buxton's um, podcast with Stuart Lee, uh, which came out um, a couple of months ago. Um, Stuart Lee was promoting his documentary King Rocker, which is which is very good. Uh, but both of them were talking. So Adam was talking about how he is having to go through his um, his father's old photos, um, and he's left in boxes and boxes and boxes of photos that he feels he can't just throw away without seeing them. Right? He has to. Hmm. But most of them aren't very good. Right? So he is ultimately <laughs> throwing. And what they both discussed is that all this stuff that we collect. You might as well. You might as well just throw it out now because all that's going to happen is that someone mm. else will come along, won't have any emotional attachment to it at <laughs> all, and then we'll just chuck it away. So, your box under your bed. You should, uh, yeah, you should go yeah. through now and just save save people the trouble. I mean, it's going to be much easier with uh, with sort of digital legacy, isn't it? Because they can just hit delete. Exactly. Unsubscribe. <laughs> all right. Uh, here's the story that I, I saw. Um, Midweek, and I thought this is perfect for One Life Left. Uh, for two reasons. Tom Holland doesn't sound thrilled with his performance in the Uncharted movie, writes Wesley Yinpool for Eurogamer. And then he quotes Tom Holland, It was a mistake, and it's something I will probably never do again. Did you read this story, Simon? <laughs> I didn't read it. I saw it. I saw people talking about it. So, right. what's he saying? Was a, what, it, it, does he go into detail specifically about why he thinks it was a mistake? Well, this is this is why this is particularly why I wanted to include this article because um, I did read it, uh, and um, paragraph one, two, three, four. So, as with all of these news stories, as I think you mentioned last week, the start of them just repeats the headline a couple of different ways, and then uh, Wesley writes, "It's worth looking in more detail at Holland's quote here." This is uh, taken from an interview he did with GQ. Um, And then sort of like by paragraph seven goes, on to Holland's quote in full. Uh, As soon as you start worrying about, do I look good in this shot? Acting becomes something other than playing a character. I think there are elements of my performance in Uncharted where I kind of fell under that spell of being, I want to look good now. I want this to be my cool moment. I had to play this tough, stoic guy, basically be Mark Wahlberg. My character is supposed to be an effing action hero in this moment look I haven't seen it so I don't know if I succeeded in that but this was an important lesson learned it was a mistake and it's something that I'll probably never do again so basically what Wesley is saying in his fourth paragraph is yeah this is a bit of clickbait sorry lads 
He's not being mean about the movie. He's just saying, yeah, Tom Holland felt slightly uncomfortable being that Mark Wahlberg character in this Uh... and doing that kind of, I have to show off my biceps at this point uh, thing. Uh, He's not saying anything about the Uncharted film being Well, let's hope that the Sony movie execs read the detail of the story rather than just the headline, eh? Because otherwise (laughs) it's going to become self-fulfilling, isn't it? Well, let's hope they drill past paragraph four in Wesley <laughs> Impul's piece, because by paragraph uh, paragraph nine or ten, uh, Wesley's saying, so, just to clarify, Holland isn't saying the Uncharted movie is bad, or that appearing in the film was a mistake. What he is saying saying is that, play, playing, uh, is that the way he played the role was a mistake. So, good. I quite like the way he's dealt with writing something that he knows right from the off is clickbait like it's gone hard at the clickbait in the opening thing doesn't sound thrilled with his performance it was a mistake and it's something i will probably never do again that's the thing click through and he goes hold on settle it's not that it's not that it's okay um so i didn't feel bad for clicking at all Good. Everybody wins, apart from maybe Tom Holland. <laughs> and, uh, you know, investors into the movie, which is now going to collapse because Tom Holland sounds like he said it's rubbish. Exactly. Uh, last story from me. Um, again, from Eurogamer, from Matt Wales, uh, written a couple of days ago. Uh, Valve's been finessing its nifty remote play together feature over on Steam, and its latest beta switched things up so that any friend you want to play your game won't need that won't need their own Steam account to get stuck in, dramatically easing the point of entry. Remote play together, if you're unfamiliar, makes it possible for distant friends to play a game's local multiplayer mode over the internet, as if they were all scrunched up together on a couch in the same room, with only one player needing to own a copy of the game. To get it to work, the owner begins by launching their chosen game and invites their chums to play using Steam's friends list. Upon accepting these, those requests, invited parties, regardless of whether they're on their own Steam-equipped PC or using Valve's remote play app on phone or tablet, can hop into a local multiplayer session via the wonders of streaming. The only wrinkle to this otherwise straightforward process came from the fact all players previously need to have their own Steam accounts in order to join in. Now, however, Valve has streamlined the process so that invited friends can simply follow a provided link and join a game almost immediately. Ideal for those times you don't want to introduce, so you might want to introduce Overcooked and the like to your gran, fidgety niece, or anyone else who doesn't have or want a Steam login. That's interesting, isn't it? So sorry, this is sorry, running that's me. The... That's me now. <laughs> <laughs> so is this running through a browser then? Yeah, through um, the Steam Remote Play app, I believe. I've never used it before. Um, so it sounds like it's a ded- dedicated app at the moment, but I guess... There's nothing to stop um, if it isn't already. It's moving to browser as well, but that's that's a really cool feature, isn't it? Mm, that so, is super cool. Yeah, I mean, basically, uh, Steam Remote Play I think was introduced a couple of years ago, um, and that meant that anybody, you know, for one reason or another, that hadn't put online multiplayer into their game that it was local only, could actually. Um, uh, activate the feature um, and uh, you could play those games over the internet as if you were online um, you know and so that means making network games is, is pretty tricky I mean making multiplayer games is all, is also difficult but it's less less difficult than um, coding online um, and so yeah this this opens up um, all sorts of local uh, local multiplayer only titles Previously to those that were already in the Steam ecosystem, but now um, I think the caveat is that only one person uh, within the group can join via this method. I think everybody else ah. needs a Steam Steam account, but maybe that's they are just you know loosening the screws um, at this stage and you know, potentially opening it up. But yeah, other one person needs to own a copy of the game, um, and that means that you and someone else can play together. Uh, without um, some of the hassle that you had previously. I think that's very cool. That's fantastic. Uh, I guess my next question would be, what local multiplayer games would you invite me to play on Steam? Towerfall. Oh, really? I don't like it. Do not? No. I actually don't. I I mean, I probably would have said that to be difficult anyway. But uh, but yeah, I've never got on with Towerfall. Uh, Not not a fan. Uh, But also, I find it very, very difficult at the moment living uh, in a house with just my partner who's not that into video games and a two-year-old who uh, is bewildered uh, by them. Although, 
has learnt the opening lines to Parappa the Rapper. Um, oh, very good. So we're getting very good. there. We're how getting long, there. How, how, how long out of your day did that take? That took about 20 minutes. Oh, so that was brilliant. good. Yeah, that was really good. good. <laughs> we'll move on to, <laughs> on to um, Jamalami uh, tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I find it difficult to find multiplayer games just because I can't really test them, local multiplayer games. But I do look back on them so fondly. Like, that for me is much more... Uh, interesting than than online multiplayer and this is the best of both worlds there you go steve yeah you can have that gabe uh, says you're welcome yeah (laughs) okay all right brilliant um thank you simon thanks steve one life left video game news with This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. Simon's putting together the podcast this week, so I'm not sure where he's going to get the music from. Simon? Well, I was just reading some correspondence from Leo Harvey, who wrote in um, a couple of weeks ago, um, who has given us a direct link to his music. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to try and drop some of that in. He did mention uh, that we have to be careful because... There are a couple of swears every now and again on some tracks. He helpfully adds, but not all. Can't remember which, so you might have to listen to some. (laughs) Thanks. Um, But yeah, I'm going to try and drop one of Leo Harvey's songs in now. Maybe, Maybe it's on behind us now. Maybe. Maybe you're listening to it right now, in which case, thank you. Leo, you will be able to find out if that is the case by going to the show notes, which you can find at www.onelifeleft.com from Wednesday. That's when the podcast goes up. Thanks so much to Phil, our undercaretaker, for putting that together. Also, thanks very much to our host, Resonance 104.4 FM. We are lucky to still be broadcasting on them. How did you, um, how did you get on on Friday? 
Oh, I really, really enjoyed it. So Friday was our monthly Marioki event. Uh, Marioki is where we sing pop songs about video games. We've been running it for 10 years now. Uh, 10 years ago. Uh, this year, in I think it's October, at Nottingham Game City was when Simon came up with the idea for this. And um, since then, yeah. We've you been made it happen. Gigging around the world. Yeah. Well, I didn't really make it. Sorry, happen. I mean to, no. What, what I mean by that is that you have have turned it into this the the, the massive thing it is. Yeah, uh, from a position of thinking it was a colossally terribly <laughs> I- terrible idea, but we had no other ones, so we ran with that. And um, since then, we've been you know we've been doing it around the world. Of course, over the last year, we've been unable to do that, so we've been doing it online. I think this was our fourteenth or fifteenth gig online, um, and it sounds like. Well, uh, thanks to the announcements about lockdown easing, we've got another at least three more of them to go. Um, so we'll be doing one at the end of March, one at the end of April, one at the end of May, and then we'll see what happens in June. Um, but what we do know is this, that we've been really enjoying doing them online um, over the last year. Of course, it's not the same as uh, being in a room, but we've, you know, we've you know very very lucky to have brilliant tech team who've built us this technology that allows us to bring people in from all over the world so that's the main change is that previously we're limited to people in the local area which generally is london though we get flown out to sweden or finland or la we can do the gigs there uh, with people in that environment but we can't bring people in from all over the world into the same room for one gig that's what we've been doing for lockdown and we'll miss that so uh, what we announced on friday was that whatever's going to happen in the future, um, when we have our local gigs, we are going to make sure we stream them to allow people across the world to participate or at least to watch and ideally to add things to uh, to the screen behind the singers to uh, send emojis like they can do online right now. And ultimately, this might not be the case for the first gig because it's going to be a bit of a technical challenge, um, but we're going to hopefully be able to bring a couple of singers remotely into the environment in the room as well. So use our lockdown technology for our local Marioki gigs. Uh, and that'll be super, super exciting. Um, and, you know, technically challenging, but worth it to uh, keep some of the good global vibes we've uh, we've generated over the last 12 months. Nice. Well, I was unable to make it on Friday. Do you know what I was doing? Uh, tell me. I will tell you. Um, I was involved in a children's TV industry uh, online quiz hosted by Chris Jarvis. Do you know who Chris is? Not sure I do. Um, so if you stick the if you stick CBeebies on first thing in the morning, which was you know okay. my my advice to you as a as the parent of a young child, um, there's a show called Show Me Show Me. Uh, and he's one of the presenters in that. He's been a children's TV entertainer for um, many, many years. It was very enjoyable. Obviously, there was no singing, but we were pe- we were paired up with a few other um, uh, individuals from the from the children's TV industry, and we came third. Congratulations! Thank you. Um, yeah, very, very enjoyable. But sadly, no singing was involved. Although we did have a round where we had to guess the theme tunes. Uh, but it was odd. It was odd doing it. Um, so I've not done um, many of these things where you're now mm-hmm. online with people that, you know, prior to the pandemic would have been absolutely inaccessible to you. Now, I'm not saying that I wanted necessarily Chris Jarvis uh, and I to have a, a, a Zoom call um, as one of my aspirations before all this started. But uh, very straight, like he was he was doing it from his house uh, and it was, you know, he was great. You know, this is what he's doing. Now, or part of what part of what he's doing during the uh, pandemic, and um, yeah, it's just strange now. This sort of access that you've got to people that were only on the only on the TV. Now you can chat to them and make jokes with them. That's that sounds lovely, Simon. And congratulations for coming third. Third is a good position because you know anything higher than third, it looks like you've tried too hard. <laughs> uh, third's respectable, and it's you know bronze medal. There we go. Right. Uh, I just realised the time, Steve. We're, we're overrun. We should crack on with the letters. Let's get on with it. Email, messages, and forward BCC. One life letters. So, we've got a couple of letters this week. Um, that's 
the first one is from Chris Conroy, who writes, A funny thing happened on the way to the speedball court. Dear team and super special guest. Remember the music from the Bitmap Brothers games? The legendary tunes from David Whitaker and Richard Joseph? The collaborations with bombs like sorry, with bands like Bomb the Bass and Nation 12? Video game historians read only memories, certainly do, and have released the greatest hits on a beautifully covetable transparent vinyl LP. And covet it did when notified of its in-stock... Sorry, I covet it I did when notified of its in-stock status this week. Before reminding myself, I haven't got round to buying a turntable yet. Add it to the backlog. Later that day, I took delivery of a parcel from my local record store, which was surprising because the limited edition release of Dua Lipa's Future Nostalgia isn't supposed to be out until the end of March. Not that it matters much, because as the astute listener will recall, I don't own a turntable. Still, it's a thing of great joy, so why not? What was even more surprising was that it wasn't the sensational homage to pop and disco at all. It was a bit my brother's music that must have been ordered one evening when I was tired. Future nostalgia indeed. What trinkets have you ordered to take the edge off boredom and despair of lockdown, only to be subsequently only to subsequently forget and then have it arrive unexpectedly? Has the endorphin hit of the purchase led you to mistakenly buy the same thing twice? Your confusedly consuming correspondent Chris Conroy. PS attached a photo of my surprise. Um I'm sorry, I was just I, I was just opening the email so I could see the photo of Chris. <laughs> and he's surprised. he does look surprised. He does look surprised. You know, we don't get to see the listeners very often, do we? I've never seen I don't think I've ever seen a listener attach a photo. I'd like to see more of that. Yeah, but don't make it you know, don't feel you have to. No. But if you do, it's appreciated. Well, exactly. Um so like I can't think of a, a video game example of this. I can think um of something that I guess is relevant to what we were talking about earlier and relevant to all of the CDs and some of the records as well that are underneath my bed. That um, For a long time, I was obsessed with um, having all of a particular band's uh, discography. Decided I wanted to get every single record by this band called AC Acoustics, a Scottish band that I absolutely loved. And I had everything apart from this um, one record. And I spent... Um, Two or three years, I reckon, going to record fairs and uh, looking in. Every time I'd be in a, a city for a, a games event, I'd uh, I'd go to their uh, secondhand record store and I'd go through the A section of their vinyl, which was convenient because it's the first section at least. Um, and I never found it. And then one day, I went to move home, moved that big box of records. Um, and found the record in there. Ah. And it turns out that I must have actually found it one time. And maybe that wasn't the euphoric moment that I believed it to be, uh, because I just slipped back into the pattern of looking for it uh, every time I went away. Of course, these days, you just go straight on your streaming service and your whole discography is there for you. Kids won't know, will they? They won't know, they won't know the challenge of trying to find every track by your favourite band. Well, it's all just served they, up to them on a plate. They won't recognise the um, the challenge of trying to find something that you already own. Yeah, quite. The I was going to um, waste of time <laughs> of doing any of that. Well, maybe you still wanted to feel that there was something worth pursuing. Yeah, quite. I clearly didn't get the sense of resolution or the feeling of completion, or you know, just wanted some purpose in my life. And that continued for another few years, and now it's just gathering dust underneath my bed. So maybe there's a cautionary tale there. Um, have you got any answers to this more video game related? Well, I was going to mention actually that I am. Uh, I mean, I basically only really spend money on video games at the moment, and uh, the thing that um, has sometimes caught me out a couple of times is uh, buying a game on one storefront storefront that you already own on another. Mm. Um, and I was just trying to find um, there is an extension uh, that you can get which will tell you if the game you are trying to buy is available in any of the stores or the services that you've told it that you've got so um, things like um, what was the uh, Greedfall was a game that mm-hmm. I, I mean I've had my eye on for some time it's on my Steam wish list came very very close to buying it and I was like oh it's in gate it's in PC Game Pass don't need to so right. um, yes fortunately there are services that are able to 
catch you just before you do that. So I would recommend signing up for those. I just can't remember what it's called. Tom Burmeister writes. I just just scrolled down to see if he'd attached a photo. He hasn't. <laughs> Hello, OLL and SSG. Optimism. Love the show. Recently started running Couch to 5K and you've become my go-to podcast to accompany the encouragement of BBC's Sarah Millican as I sweat my way to a healthier middle age. Do you remember when Dan Marshall used to do that? I do. He used to listen to OLL as, as, as he ran. We used to encourage him. Well, Tom, you're the new Dan Marshall, so hope you're running. Keep it up. Do keep it up. We're at 40 yeah. minutes now, so I'm just wondering if he started it when... He began this couch to 5k. They're about half an hour. So Are he they? might he might be he might be cooling down if he's warm down period. Warm down, exactly. Very important this bit, Tom. Stretch it out. Exactly. I've got a I've got a good warm down story. Have I ever told that on One Life Left? I don't believe so. Maybe we'll get to that. Okay. So anyway, to continue the letter, uh Tom goes straight into it. Theory, he says. We love a bit of theory. Valheim's viral success could, in some part, be attributed to its download size. One gigabyte. A friend can go from, that sounds cool, to buying and playing with said friend in minutes. Discuss, he demands. Uh, Have you got anything to say about that, Simon? Well, it's refreshing to hear. Um, Mm. I think, generally, you don't... Well, I don't take... I don't know anything about the size of a game until after I've bought it. Um... You know, I am dismayed by the size of some games at the moment where, you know, digital delivery should enable you to play games faster than going to the shops. But some of these triple A's you buy them now, (laughs) you could go and press the disc yourself. Um, Mm. So, yeah, I I agree. Um, You shouldn't judge a game by its download size, but... uh, yeah, potentially this 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 could be part of the reason it sold four million copies in two weeks. Have you got around to playing it yet? Not yet, no. I haven't got around to buying it actually, um, but I fear it's only a matter of time. Everyone I know who's playing it uh, says how good it is. So mm, I might crack on with it this week. Uh, Tom goes on to say, related question: What is your most uninstalled game? The game you keep installing, thinking you'll definitely get the most out of it this time. But then always uninstall because something new and shiny needs a space. And well, I'm not really playing that, am I? Mine is probably Dishonored 2. I loved the first one, but was at university at the time. And since then, immersive sims seem too hard to commit to in real post-uni life. Keep up the good work, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Uh, Mine is Ace Combat 7. Why is that? Well, because I really want to play it, but it's bloody massive. It's huge. (laughs) Uh, And so, yeah, I've played, I don't know, maybe the first five or six missions and then move on to something else uh and then uh, I, I buy or uh download other games hard drive gets full um, uh, are you really going to play mission six mm. seven of ace combat again no delete it and then when i move pcs to get a bigger hard drive like oh i'll download ace combat seven again now uh maybe i will get fi- i will get around to finishing it off or at least getting further with it and uh, never do Better answer than mine. Mine's uh, No Man's Sky, which I've I've uninstalled and reinstalled a few times because I love it. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And then I typically play it for you know thirty or forty hours, grind to a halt on a planet somewhere, and think, yeah, I'm done. Then come back in uh, when they've added loads more content to it in you know a year's time. It's it's exceptional game. Um, so it's definitely not No Man's Sky's fault that it's also it's also quite a tight game. It's not huge, I think. So. Um, for the amount of content in there. Anyway, it's great letter, Tom. Two questions as well. Uh, please, please do write again, as should all of you listening to this, uh, by emailing team at onelifeleft.com. All right, we're back. Uh, we've done the news. We've done the letters. This is still One Life Left on Resonance 104.4. FM as another car roars by uh, my apartment in South London. Um, Simon, mm. sh- shall I tell my shall I tell my anecdote? Do we have time for it? I think Very we quickly? do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I um, joined a gym, and as part of that gym, you had to do an induction session, uh, and you have to do an induction session with a man, like a, a real man. You know, one of those sort of gym men. Mm, yeah. Do you do you gym? I don't, Jim. No, I did the couch to five k. So it's great to hear Tom doing it That's as well. Enough. I found, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 you know, one of the few good things to come out of the pandemic is the fact that if needed, Steve, I could run five k. 
in 32 mm. minutes. So, you know. I tell you what's come out of the pandemic for me. I've put on three and a half kilograms. Come on. Found out the other day. Um, I, I can see two pieces of data that I can attribute this to. One is that my gym uh, is currently closed. I haven't been there for uh, three or four months. The other is at the start of the year, I made a mathematical error when ordering uh, something from the internet and ordered two kilograms of Haribo, uh, which I've eaten. <laughs> so, I don't that, know. Uh, that, only accounts, well, that only accounts for two kilograms. It does, doesn't it? Where's the well, other come from? Well, uh, I don't know. Try and work that out. Uh, maybe that's the gym. Anyway, I had to go for an induction session. Uh, and I tried to I tried to deal with this, you know... <laughs> I tried to bluff my way through this, basically. And the man was like, so have you been on a exercise bike before I was like yep sure show me what you got did some biking have you have you done one of these before he said pointing me towards a sort of leg exercise machine oh no can you just uh, can you show me how this works anyway and then bent a bit on the treadmill sort of and I thought I got through it and then at the end of it he said um, so uh, important to warm down after any of this uh, you know how to warm down don't you mate and I was like Sure do. And then he said, show me. <laughs> and I okay. was like, oh my goodness. All right. So I, t- I tentatively sort of lay down on the mat. And uh, I was like, what am I going to do? So I harked back to what I'd seen Stockport County's footballers do a couple of months previously at a game I'd seen them play. Uh, I sort of started wrapping one limb over the other and grabbing my ankle and pulling on took about seven seconds and he just said get up and that was that <laughs> he showed me how to warm down okay yeah so tom i hope you're hope you're more successful than i am warming down uh the end shall we uh shall we do the reviews let's do the reviews simon what have you been playing this week Oh, I'm still trying to finish off um, Mario 3D World. Uh, I'm almost there. Uh, I think I'm on what I believe to be the last world before the ending and then before it unlocks um, other variations on levels you've played before. Now try again, but harder. The old staple of video Mm. games past. Um, I did uh, manage to play some of uh, Fights in Tight Spaces this week uh, from the show James Parker. Um... Always loved the idea. Uh, was lucky enough to see an early version of it some time ago, um, where James explained that he wanted to make a cross between Slay the Spire and that fight scene in Mission Impossible Fallout, where men are fighting in in the uh, pristine white toilets. Um, and that's <laughs> and that's exactly what he's done. He's made a very very stylish, tight deck building. Uh, game uh, centered around the idea of fighting people so um, you start with a deck uh, you play cards to uh, move your character or perform some uh, combat moves or some defensive moves um, ideally to dispatch a number of uh, enemies um, within set levels Um, do that you get the option of um, improving your deck move onwards it's much more um, mission based structure than something like Slay the Spire which is pretty free form um, I haven't played a huge amount of it but what I did play I thoroughly enjoyed um, it was great to see the idea um, that I had a glimpse of uh, a couple of years ago so uh, come to fruition so brilliantly um, I get the impression I don't know for sure that it's doing well it's in early access um, on Steam and I think Xbox um, but thoroughly recommended in its in its state at the moment. It's just a very very clever variation on uh, deck builders. Um, you know that is a popular genre within gaming at the moment. Many of them don't do much differently. This one does, um, and it looks looks great to boot. So well done, James. I look forward to cracking on with it, uh, and also look forward to um, potentially or hopefully playing it on uh, other formats as well because it's just on PC at the moment. And like all of these games, it would be ideal on Switch. So Seven out of I 10. was also intending to review uh, Fighting Tide Spaces. Don't Sorry. worry, I was actually also going to give it a 7 out of 10 as well. Okay. And there's not a lot I can add to your review. Um, other than to say, it reminded me, obviously, of, of a Slay the Spire structurally and the, and the uh, deck building aspect. But it also reminded me a bit of Into the Breach, which I don't right. know if you've played. Yep. 
which I loved as well and has that you're moving around on a very very tight board so you have to think about your interactions on these spaces um, uh, you know the possibility space of the movement is quite narrow but because of all of the cards you can play in the situations that thrown up by the number of enemies in this short space it becomes quite large quite quickly um, yeah really really enjoyed it and I, again I'm looking forward to playing it as well we should as you did declare that James is a friend of the show um, in fact uh, Chris Conroy added at the foot of his layer he expected to see him as the super special guest uh, this week no such luck but on Friday um, we did sneak in a new Marioki song about this I rewrote uh, which songs do you think I rewrote well I, I know okay Nights in White Satin uh, about tights in white uh, tights in fight space <laughs> tights wait <laughs> fights in tight spaces uh, and uh, <laughs> I just wanted there was that um, trend years and years ago for certain um, certain um, adult media to take inspiration from uh, re- <laughs> re- renaming <laughs> renaming uh, or t- taking their names from um, proper film titles I wonder if it's the same thing now I'm sure Parker is looking at the licensing <laughs> possibilities for the game already. Uh, but yeah, we we wrote that and celebrated the launch uh, there, uh, which was uh, which is a privilege for us to be able to do because I know that James was watching and uh, he enjoyed that as well. Uh, so luckily, there are a couple of other games that I can talk about as well. Uh, small Steam games that I've played this week and really really enjoyed. Uh, found a game called Room to Grow, which is uh, one of the genres that I am week to the sort of turn-based soccer man style puzzle game top down you are moving a cactus around growing turn by turn moving around a grid um, and you have to push another cactus into a uh, space of dirt space um, to grow that cactus as well um, the cactus part of this doesn't really matter what matters is the mechanic which I've never seen before in a soccer man game it's quite similar to the um, Snake Bird. Did you ever play Snake Bird? I did not, uh, no, but I'm, I'm, okay, I'm aware so of it. Yeah, it's, it's very, very similar to Snake Bird. What I really, really liked is the level design of this, which does that great thing that the best games of this type do, which is each level teaches you a new technique and slowly you feel yourself slipping into this mire of, at some point, this is going to get too hard for me. And I... <laughs> Uh, and every level is like that moment of euphoria of completing it and the moment of dread when you see the new board, uh, which people like me who like these sort of games actually secretly enjoy. Uh, yeah, really, really enjoyed that. Clean design and a uh, beautiful piece of work. The other game that I played um, is a game called Rhythm Doctor. Have you heard of this? Uh, it's a one-button bu- one rhythm game, is it? It is. Is it, a ri- is it, it that is. one? It is that one, and I have heard I, of it. I've not, I've not, but that's all. I've, I've just heard of it. I don't know. I don't know anything else about it. So I didn't know this was a thing, but apparently it is a bit of a thing. Um, and uh, I, I think that's because the previous game by the devs was called Fire and Ice, something like right. that. Right. Um, did quite well. So off the back of this, it's it's definitely got a few hundred Steam reviews already. Single button, uh, single button rhythm action game where you have to uh, play. You play as cardiologist. You're using a defibrillator, and you've got to start people's heartbeats or fix their heart problems. It's beautifully styled. Really, really simple. It's funny and it's so well executed. And for a game that's a single button uh, rhythm action game, you wouldn't think it was challenging. It does end up being pretty challenging, but you will enjoy uh, the atmosphere of the game en route as well. I, I really, really enjoyed it. It was super, super pleasant surprise. And again, like Room to Grow is a 7 out of 10. Great. That's it. I think that is it. Um, I wonder, actually, you know, if we go back to the beginning of the show uh, where I was lamenting uh, my mental state i wonder actually if you if you listen to the start and the end and you can tell that we've had a very <laughs> enjoyable hour of chatting about video games etc so thank I've, you for that steve i thoroughly I've, enjoyed thank it thank you simon i have always said that um one of the best things about one life left uh, for me is that it doesn't matter what mood i come into the show uh with i always leave happier um, and we are very, very lucky to uh, to still be doing it after all these years, which does make <laughs> us the longest-running 
radio show about video games in the world. Thank you, Resonance, for that opportunity. And thank you to all of the people who listen and make it such a joy to do. God, it's like we planned that, Steve. <laughs> that narrative well, it together, arc, doesn't it? isn't it? Well, doesn't you know, it? we've been doing it so long, Simon. You start to get the hang, <laughs> well, of, the well, hang exactly. of this after. Yeah, you'd think so, but I'm not sure that part's true. Anyway... Thank you, Thanks Simon. for listening. Yes, thanks, Steve. I hope to be wearing matching socks next week. Have a good one, won't you? Me too, but it depends on my daughter. See you next week. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.